Welcome to this podcast on innovating for breakthrough growth. My name is Annabelle Venner, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Nikki Morley, Head of Behavioural Science and Innovation Expertise Insights UK at Kantar, and also Becky Ingram, Director of Sustainable Innovation and Behavioural Science at Kantar. Welcome to both of you. Hello. Hello. So I'm going to kick off firstly with you, Nikki, in terms of getting your view on how important is innovation in breakthrough growth for brands? Innovation is is so important, Annabelle. It's like I sort of almost can't sort of reinforce it enough. No, really, what brands are trying to do, our brands e-data all suggests that brands are trying to grow and really sort of drive growth. You need to be meaningful and different. Now, to be meaningful to somebody and to be different to somebody, innovation is just at the heart of that. It's so important. And actually, we know that brands perceived as, as being innovative from our brands e-data show they, they grow seven times faster than the competition. If you're meaningful, different and innovative, you really are you know, sort of at the top of the shop in terms of being able to grow. Apple sort of, you know, outpaces everyone else. And actually, you can see the role that innovation obviously drives with Apple's growth. You know, it's so important as well to be driving difference as well. We know from our data and the work of Domsai Business School that actually Difference is the one thing that sort of drives extraordinary growth. And brands that enjoy that extraordinary growth, usually, you know, we'd say they're wired slightly differently. And innovation is typically at the heart of what they do. And what I mean by innovation is, you know, our brands data suggests that those brands are super creative. They also lead the way and they're also fairly disruptive. And, And I don't mean massively disruptive i mean they've done something whatever small in the category to afford a new meaningful and different space so you know it is so important that brands and clients innovate to drive that brand growth and to pick up on the word that you use there which is creative what what do you mean by creative is it that their sort of advertising is is new and different and cutting through or is it that their sort of approach to maybe launching new products or services what what is at the heart of a of a brand being creative? Really, it's like it's how you sort of fuel your imagination, how you sort of essentially give time and space to be creative. A, a good example of sort of brands that are creative are, you know, IKEA is really that over-indexes in creativity, and you can see that the initiatives, the breadth, and the range of what they've got is a really nice example of what I mean by sort of being creative. Yeah, and you can see that, I suppose, through their in-store experience, through to their advertising, through to, you know, I know they've done some quite fun stuff with product naming. So you can see that that comes through everything that they do. And experience is a good part and is is a really good thing to call out because innovation can be an innovation and experience. And increasingly, we know that when you put innovation together with a better experience, you really do afford better growth. And, and, you know, innovation can be, can be hard to do, you know, but even based on my experience across FS and also FMCG, it's not an easy thing to bring to market. And if you think about the last sort of two or three years and obviously all the disruption that's been caused by COVID, what, what do you see as the real barriers to innovation? What is stopping people being more innovative? I, I think the first thing is that a lot of, a lot of sort of brands have gone, I'm not going to focus on innovation. I'm not going to worry about innovation. I'm actually just going to worry about getting my sort of core SKUs on shelf and I'm going to worry about other things. I'm going to worry about distribution. You know, we know we're calling it, you know, in all our writing, we call it the era of disruption. 
there is so much going on, isn't there? And it's really hard to keep pace. And what we're also seeing is that from our Cancer World panels, to a certain extent, clients, uh, so consumers are reverting back to those trusted brands. So perhaps they might not have the capacity for innovation, although I think it's really important to say that, that no one should stop innovating in these challenging times. Absolutely not. It's fundamental. Uh, you know, because with a, all this disruption comes changing consumer needs. So it's really important that they do that. What's interesting is this idea that often I think brands think that it's really difficult to sort of create a breakthrough innovation or to be disruptive. But what is really interesting to observe in recent times is that actually no one is undisruptible. And actually, if you set your mind to it and you are creative, as we said, it's really easy to be sort of disruptive, even in crowded marketplaces. Think of the rice category. How many different variants are there of rice? You can have cauliflower rice, you can have any name, you know, any number of sort of, you know, make of rice at the minute. Milk as well. You know, think of a category like milk. Who'd think there was all this innovation in almond milks and sort of coconut milks? You know, it's interesting to see that, you know, even in these challenging times, it's still possible to innovate. And I'm really drawn by some of the the UK MPD launches, the recent ones, for example, Warburton's have innovated in the pita bread space. <laughs> They've managed to break through into that category and to actually to create a pita bread that's actually easier to open. It's vegan and actually it comes in sustainable packaging. Who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah, so so it's interesting. And I suppose, you know, the last two years have been, you know, disrupted with COVID. A lot of CMOs I've talked to recently have talked about the challenges they face with costs of goods going up and and how that translates or not to to consumers with disruption with supply chains but what i'm hearing from your advice is yes that yes there has to be focus on those and those are are important but actually you still need to think about innovation and and changing customer needs and and what you can do because your report shows that there is a link between innovative brands and and growth Absolutely. And actually, we also know from our Cantor World Panel data that actually in difficult economic downtimes, those who innovate actually take, come, come out on top. You know, our data from as, as we went sort of after a year into COVID, you saw that the brands that were still continuing to grow were the ones that were innovating. You know, we also see from our um, brands e-data that, you know, they really outperform the market, the brands that continue to innovate. So, yeah, in challenging times where everything is changing, it is really important to sort of actually rethink about your innovation strategy and not to put it on hold or pause but I understand there are difficult challenges but it's really important that's where you know creativity and other things that we talk about in terms of the how becomes so important and and you sort of you've named a couple of brands already in terms of those ones that that are innovative uh, can you name another? Are, are there sort of the top five or the top 10 most innovative brands? And what what does good look like? What, what you know, those ones that are winning in this area, what are they doing? How are they succeeding? Yeah, for sure. Now, Apple's obviously top of the pile, but I think it's sometimes really difficult to sort of use Apple as a good example, because I find it's in the tech space, it can be sort of easier to innovate. Actually, what I'm, I, I sort of turn to is some of the sort of more crowded marketplaces where, you know, food and drink and alcohol, where it's a little bit more difficult to innovate, to look for some really good examples. And what those good examples share in common is that they are meaningful and different and invariably incremental as well to the category. And what they tend to do is they tend to sort of look for a new occasion or a new business model. So brands like, I really like Halo Top. I know when that came into the market, it really broke the mold because it's an ice cream that you can actually eat without putting on weight. You know, you can really enjoy and indulge yourself whilst not, you know, not, not worrying about the calories. 
Oatly's another example, you know, in a crowded market space, we've talked about, you know, sort of about the sort of the milk category. Uh, they they hit on a problem around sort of barista, you know, the idea that baristas can't actually sort of froth uh, milk, oat milks, and they've got a frothy oat milk. So again, they'd solved a problem in a meaningfully different way. If you look at it at brand level, I really like Coca-Cola just over-indexing being innovative from our data, being perceived as innovative, I should say. And TikTok, again, you can see that they they would spike on disruption. You can see how TikTok might be doing that. And then actually, at an individual innovation sort of level, I go back to, I'm, I'm sort of absolutely mesmerized by the top 10 MPD of the UK. And I use these examples all the time because they're, they're really nice examples of like just a little bit of stretch in your category. So Lenore comes out number one in terms of sales and incrementality. And, and Lenore have just got a fabric conditioner that really has a unique advantage of having this lovely outdoor fresh smell, but also it's sustainable. So sustainability comes as sort of a gift with it. I've talked about the pitta breads as well. Again, you know, the, the sustainability came as a gift. And I really like the, the caramel one. It's so Cadbury's have launched a caramel. It's something like infusion of caramel and chocolate. It's new and different in a different, in a very crowded market space. And it's also sustainable again. So you can see that the good looks like being meaningful and different and actually increasing, certainly in the UK and in increasing times, also sustainability usually has some part to play in it. And and it's interesting that when when you talk about innovation there, you're not talking about an idea that they may have you know invested billions and millions and it's taken years and years to bring to market and it and it completely you know redefines the category. You I think you use the words sort of incremental, so it could be new packaging, it could be a different flavor variant, and so people you know so I suppose a bit of advice will be you know. Think think about it. It doesn't need to be a massive big big bang that completely redefines the category that you're playing in. No, absolutely. As long as it's as long as it's different. Now we know, you know, I've talked about sort of difference really really being the sort of the thing, really making sure that you drive difference. And actual fact being better than competitors, you know, so people aren't going in an economic downturn, people aren't going to move away from you because you really are offering something different. So you're also shoring that up and allowing yourself to sort of charge a premium as well. So Becky, t- turning to you, and you know, lots of lots of chat about brands that are doing this well. If if you're sat there and you're and you're a brand and you're going, I've I've got to. How do I tackle this? How do I be more innovative to drive growth? What advice would you give to them? Yeah, we've um we've created a very uh, I suppose clever, straightforward to the point kind of framework. So we're calling it the five the five C's. So in collaboration with all the work that we've done with the Marketing Society and talking to some, you know, really inspiring people from across uh, the UK, the, the chief innovation offer people at different brands, uh, we've got these five C's. So they start off with all around centricity. So brand centricity and also human centricity. So there are two C's to begin with. And then we've got curiosity, creativity and confidence. Um, so let me kind of take you through them. So the first off being, uh, yeah, human centricity and brand centricity. So I suppose this talks to making sure that we don't, I suppose, innovate in a in a vacuum and making sure that consumers, real people, because real people are consumers, that they're the same thing, are at the heart of any kind of decision making process. And one of the things that we look at here at Cantor is how, what are the influences on decision making, uh, be that conscious or subconscious, and ultimately about making sure that whatever innovation comes through is a is a frictionless choice, uh, and it's just easy, both physically easy to get, it's available and it's top of mind as well in terms of kind of mental availability. 
And then the second one being uh, brand centricity. So I suppose this is all about making sure that any innovation really fits that brand purpose. You know, with the idea being that, you know, not every brand can innovate and do every product and it has to fit what your your brand is is all about. And, you know, we had a really fantastic quote from uh, Jessica Myers, uh, who is the director of brands and marketing at Metro Bank. Uh, and she put it, yeah, fantastically. She said, innovation on its own without a structure sitting around it is potentially just people creating cool stuff with a bit of navel gazing at the same time. And, and so sort of going on that, so so what you're saying then is innovation doesn't shouldn't sit in a completely separate department or area of your business. It absolutely. Needs, it needs to absolutely start with your brand positioning and your marketing strategy. Yes. So, it, so it's all, and you just get that absolute line of sight through everything that you're doing. And I think it's that it needs to sit with your brand positioning and then obviously your creativity, what's your creative strategy. So when you think about what, you know, a lot of the success of an innovation is to what extent do people know about it and how is it then being communicated when it gets to that point. So I think it's a, a mixture of brand innovation and then also the creative development and then obviously what your go-to-market strategy as well. So yeah, it's about making sure that all the all the parts are joined up. So that's, I suppose, our kind of human centricity and brand centricity. Then after that, we have our curiosity, creativity and, and confidence. And curiosity, I think, is you know really about just making sure that we we learn about people, um, that we have that kind of learn, test and learn mindset that we were just talking about, understanding how how they think, how they feel, uh, what's happening as well. Like, you know, it's not just a case of the consumer, but look at the broader kind of macro trends. So I think a really great example here is you know, the explosion of, you know, the no alk, zero alk, low alk category. Um, you know, Gordon's have done fantastically here at launching a zero alcohol product. You know, and they realise, you know, they've got such a strong brand with such a unique taste and that they had to do it right. And that, you know, that now that it has launched in market, and they've got the right SKUs, the right format, the right size. Um, even in their RTDs, they've got the right blend of tonic to gin or non-alk gin, I should say. Um, they've done that really well, but just by making sure that they're really looking at what's influencing behaviour and what's influencing their category to stay relevant um, in the time. Then with kind of creative, uh, with creativity, I think it, as though, as Nikki's already kind of said, it's about being what, how can we be new? How can we be disruptive? Halo Top is a great example, as she said there, uh, when it comes to kind of the ice cream category about going, actually, it's not just, I suppose, creating new indulgent flavours. It's about creating new indulgent flavours in a way which also fits, fits the need to kind of be a bit more progressive in terms of health and well-being. I think protein ice creams as well have done really fantastically there, being a bit more creative. And again, we had a fantastic quote from uh, Becky Brook at uh, Costa Coffee. Um, she, she talks about creativity in their brand and talks about how creativity comes from a culture of fearlessness, curiosity, uh, and, you know, you have to be bold, optimistic, and a willingness to take risks. And it's that kind of risk-taking, you know, sometimes it doesn't always work, putting it out there in market, seeing how it goes, you know, developing, optimising it um, is really key and really crucial there. And our fifth C is confidence. So this is about making sure that we're just really fearless in you know, taking our ideas through from being little seeds and you know, I suppose growing them into the kind of flowers that can really flourish. And that sometimes, you know, the way things turn out at the end or the innovation that hits the market at the end isn't necessarily as we intended it to or what the idea looked like at the beginning. But we found these little kind of, say, little seeds in the idea which had the greatest or strongest potential. And then we took them and grew them into something um, which was really great and really kind of fit and neat. 
And sometimes what we kind of see is that you know it takes a little bit of bravery to listen out to like where those what we'd say weak signals are. So it might be that there's only I suppose a small cohort of people who are really excited by something. But if we actually look at that and like really build on it and see what's working really well, then we can grow that and then put it into market. It might be that it's a product at the beginning for those early adopters or new people into a kind of a category. We often see this in sustainability and those people who are further ahead, you know, the actives in their sustainability journey. And we get it to market and use them to then, you know, to push it out into a more mainstream kind of market as well. So it's just about, you know, having that, I suppose, confidence to be bold, to be fearlessness and get out there and make sure that, you know, that ideas are nurtured and that we don't just dismiss things at the beginning if there's any view of negativity. And that's our five C's. So it sounds like the sort of the culture of the business from what you're saying is really, really important, as in they've got to, you've got to be prepared to to take a risk. You've got to be prepared to develop something that that might not be mainstream immediately, that might just appeal to a small group of people. And also, I think you sort of talked about test and learn in terms of, mm. you know, you, you can put, you can get things out there and you can do it. It doesn't need to be a sort of all singing or dancing launch. You could yeah. test it with a small group of people or you could, you know, in, in where I've spent my last 10 years, you can, you know, where where you're you're offering something that's not to challenge a product, you, you can throw up a website. You can see if how people are going yeah. to respond to it and, and learn from it and then iterate yeah. it. I totally agree. And then there's a few different things. I think that the culture is such a critical one. And that does start from leadership and leadership wanting to develop new ideas, um, which either are breaking the mould completely or just, I suppose, pushing it. Um, but you know, giving people the opportunity to be creative, to be curious. And if it doesn't work, that's OK. But I think the other thing you kind of touched on there is that MVP, like minimal viable product mindset of like you know, getting something out that doesn't have to be perfect, learning as you go working out what works what doesn't pivoting uh, your way as long as they're always basing it in the in the person and the brand and the context in which it's being used then that's I suppose the the joy in that but yeah it does take a does take a culture for that and just before I finish here sort of any any sort of final closing remarks either from you Becky or, or Nikki whether it's advice you would give people or anything else that's come out of your report that we haven't discussed so far so Ultimately, the word I always use is bravery. And I think that sums up nicely what we talked about in terms of culture. And I think it's really important to be brave. And that really sums up that idea of sort of being curious, being confident, being creative and building up momentum, as you say, and building up. And and some of that is thinking about internal selling to the business as well and bringing those stakeholders on journey with you. It's not easy to do this innovation. So it's really important that people recognize that need to be brave, that recognize the need to do that internal selling job. And really, we're, we're interesting. We're moving from sort of this role of testing into much more this idea of helping clients to, t- to, to learn, test and learn, but also to sort of really design these innovations from the outset to be a frictionless choice. And I think that's really important. Becky said that word, that phrase up front, friction at, at some point, that frictionless choice. The idea that you design it so there'd be absolutely no reason why somebody wouldn't want to come and buy this product and to think a lot in that way. And, and a lot more of our testing is about testing critical assumptions as opposed to that classic sort of testing that we used to do in the past with the sort of the go, no goes. It's much more about iteration and learning. And as Becky says, taking those weak signals and saying, OK, is there something in there to be developed as I go through that innovation process and as I'm co-creating in that innovation process? 
Yeah, I think ultimately, as, as, as I say, I think it's making sure that enough time is spent in that scoping phase, understanding, you know, what are the human-centred opportunities, uh, what is influencing choice, and then I suppose using that as the fuel and the ignition uh, to then create something and build something uh, for consumers, you know, not in a, not letting, I suppose, internal processes stop you, getting things out there quickly, learning about what works, either from an idea perspective, a pack, a product, um, and then iterating as you go. And I suppose also, I suppose also our two key words from this would be looking for innovation, which is meaningfully different. So making sure that it is different and it does disrupt the category. But the meaningful part comes back to that in a way which fits our needs and fits the brand. So that would be our kind of our, our closing marks, I think, there, making sure it's kind of meaningfully different. So thank you, Nikki and Becky, for providing us with some great insight into the role that innovation can play in businesses and brands to really drive meaningful growth for businesses, which is probably just as important as it is today as it as it was pre-COVID. So and and thank you for everybody uh, for joining this podcast. Thank you. Thank you.